Right. Hello and welcome to episode number 60 of Mod Night is Rubbish. Are you right, Tom? Yeah, hi Marcus. Yeah, I'm brilliant, thanks. I should be more depressing as my world is just falling apart, but we won't talk about that. I'm actually fired up. I'm using it as fuel to drive this podcast, Tom. Excellent. Well, I, I hope it's um, good for the environment, this fuel. <laughs> oh, it is, absolutely. <laughs> now, after we talked about Aubrey Beardsley last week, and there was obviously, you know, it, quite scandalous and quite... Uh, quite caused a lot of controversy and a lot of discussion I thought I'd take an easy uh, topic and talk about statues and a black square just to give us a nice easy subject to uh, talk about well we've seen a lot of black squares in the last few weeks haven't we oh yes and this is something that we're going to be talking about is particularly that made me think of the history of the uh, black square and also, we've got one little news story before we get to the main part of the show, which is the Black Square. Made it sound like some kind of a, I don't know, ominous thing. The Black Square. Yeah, the Black Square Massacre. <laughs> oh. <laughs> What's the Black Square Massacre? What, what, I don't happen? know. It was just the, the first ominous thing that came into my head. <laughs> I've, heard of the, I've heard of the Valentine's Day Massacre. I've never heard of that. But throughout art history, there's been there has been lots of uh, black squares popped up before the obviously the modern uh, usage of it. Um. We liked our Phil Collins, didn't we? We liked the giant baby Phil Collins uh, statue. So the first uh, one I want to talk about is just another giant statue. So whilst uh, a lot of statues are getting pulled down, uh, in Latvia, they're actually building one, which is uh, it's quite a, a novel take on the current climate. Which member of Genesis is it? <laughs> no, it's not Genesis this time. It's actually to dedicate to the nurses and the uh, hospital workers in uh, Latvia. Oh, yeah, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, so what it is, it's, it's outside the Latvian uh, National Museum of Art. And what is it? I mean, it's a huge six-foot statue of a doctor or a medical worker with the, their blue mask on and their outstretched arms. And it just looks really big. It looks quite cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah, so... I like that, and that's actually been made by the Latvian artist, artist Ijars Bixay. Uh, sorry to anyone who's Latvian who's listening, my Latvian pronunciation is not very good. Sure. Yeah. I, did you see that other one actually speaking? There was another uh, Papier Maché statue that was made in, uh, in Bristol. Now, for those of you that are not from the UK, there was a statue of a of a rather a distasteful slave trader that was pulled down in recent protests, and uh, someone's put quite near to the site a kind of like a uh, a fat, bald white bloke, um, and he's on his phone. Kind of seems like the uh, a kind of a symbol for a lot of the outraged uh, people. Sure. It's quite relevant to the black square because on Instagram and Facebook, everyone's putting the black square and they're just people on their phones, isn't it? And I, whenever I see like uh, Instagram stuff, I always just imagine people on their phones. 
Yeah, just for people who don't know about it. I mean, I wonder who doesn't know about it. But um, wasn't it? It wasn't it. It was on a Tuesday. Uh, there was a day on Tuesday in early June where everyone in support of Black Lives Matter was told to basically come off social media and just put a black square up and use that time to get involved in uh, non-online campaigns or maybe to educate themselves about uh, black history and the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. So I can say my, I still got streams on Spotify that day, so I don't know if uh, everyone was paying attention. Oh, what do you mean? People still were listening to your uh, song. What's your song called, yeah. incidentally, Tom? Star Splitter, you know. No, nicely, nicely put. <laughs> yeah, so there was a campaign for Blackout Tuesday. But it seemed like everything seemed to carry on as normal. Everyone posted black squares, but it appeared to me like that everything just seemed didn't seem to affect anything too much. But it, it built up awareness, I suppose. Yes, yes, it did. It also did cause a lot of problems because people hashtagged Black Lives Matter. So there were people that needed to get the latest information on what was going on with the protests and with the movement. And all they were doing was going to type in Black Lives Matter hashtag and end up scrolling through loads of black squares. Yeah. And there also was a little bit of, con not controversy, but a little bit of a thing with uh, Emma Watson. Now, I genuinely think Emma Watson is pretty bang on with a lot of things she says. She seems to be very sort of like intelligent and well spoken, and uh, she she may she may have like accidentally kind of not not completely thought this through. What she did was she stylishly put three black squares with white borders in in a line, so it looked like it was done not to upset the aesthetic of her Instagram page. Okay. And apparently there was like a big outrage afterwards because they said that she should have used her her star power to post links of and uh, you know educating people about black issues and what the you know the issues that people are facing and uh she responded to that basically the next day she just she put up a load of stuff and i i genuinely think that she would have done that anyway without the prompting because that's the kind of uh, person she is i suppose yeah nice well done emma watson give her a clap yeah yeah, yeah. good good at coming out with good stuff over the past few years. I suppose we are going to get onto this right now. There's not much leeway for like artistic expression with a black square. No. I mean, how far? How far can you go? Like, okay, you've got to do a black square. I mean, how? How much? That doesn't stretch. Doesn't seem to stretch very far artistically. Visually, maybe I should say. Visually. Perhaps, but you know, this is what we always talk about. The idea behind the artwork is as important as the actual artwork and the history, a brief history of the black square is what we're gonna be doing. And um, you know, there's been a lot of works that still continue up to pretty much up to this day relating just to the black square. Now, first time this was ever done is actually a lot uh, earlier than people might think. In 1617, 
an English artist called Robert Flood uh, created a work that was a, uh, called The Great Darkness. And that was a black square. And around it, it had, and so on without end, around the edge. Now, is he like super ahead of his time doing conceptual art? No, he wasn't. He literally was trying to create or, or show an image of the point before creation. So before, I suppose, before God said there should be light on the situation. And that's what he was showing. This is ground zero, um, we call it, uh, the universe ground zero. Yes, it is. And interestingly enough, that, that does come up a little bit later as well, which is uh, well uh, well mentioned, but that is almost like it's the t before time. Now, it's to someone in the 16th, uh, sorry, in the 17th century, seeing that, they would have thought, oh my God, you know, that's a bit, that would have been like, wow, that's quite, quite profound. And they probably would have uh, prayed and looked at it and... Uh, did a bit of a, uh, you know, meditation. And He's a witch! He's a witch! Burn <laughs> him! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. I've always done it. Anyway. <laughs> so, next, in 1843, an artist called Charles Albert Darnot, who actually was known as uh, Bertol, he decided to draw a scene, Vue de la Hogue, Effet de Nuit, um, sorry about my French there, and it's basically a view of La Hogue under the cover of night. Again, just a black picture, no light, nothing. I don't know, do you think that's a bit of a cop out, that one, that I've just drawn something? It it seems blacker than the uh, the previous one, but I don't know because it's more modern, isn't it? Relatively, yeah. probably going over time as well. The fact that things fade over time as well, and also maybe the quality of the ink. I haven't actually looked in that into that to be honest. I don't know if they had uh, like a super black thing. Certainly not the blacks that we have now, like Vanta black and uh, black two point or three point as it's now known. Sure, yeah. So yeah, I'm guessing his tongue was slightly in his cheek there because that's a scam. If if he's just saying, oh yeah, no, I I seriously knew what I was doing. I was and then show people and go, look what I've done. Isn't it a true, accurate photograph? And people go, oh, it's almost like a photograph when they see it. What a photograph of the night. Yeah. Well, that's what they like. A lot of people like to draw paintings that look like photographs. So that's probably like one of the first uh, photographic, truly photographic representations of a scene. Yeah. But I mean, nothing's actually that black, is it? Um, I mean, what in like? I mean, I know we're on like a balmy summer day today, but while we're recording yeah. this, but I mean, what is actually in nature like that black? What is what is actually black? There is nothing. I mean, the, he should have actually done a few stars or something like that, a few starlight. Well, yeah, if he could called it dark matter, he would have been ahead of his time, wouldn't he? Yeah. Or view of the Hogue on an extremely cloudy night. Extremely yeah. cloudy, <laughs> and then perhaps it would have been that dark, and perhaps it was extremely cloudy. Now, 
on to the next one now I want to say before I start to talk about it um, this is done by a, a guy called uh, Paul Billhall and he was a French writer and kind of humorist now he's done an artwork and I have to say here that contemporary audiences at the time would have seen this joke as actually funny and to our modernised, what I'm about to say is apparently a joke, is actually clearly quite racist. And now it's a black rectangle, admittedly, and it's a completely black rectangle, and it was called Combat de Negra dans un tunnel. Is the title of the, uh, the work. Or uh, Now, the problem is with this, of course, is that one, it could be anyone fighting in a tunnel at night as well. The fact that they've picked black people uh, fighting in a tunnel at night is kind of irrelevant. So it's actually made an issue. And the fact also they're fighting, the, it makes no difference. It would have worked if it was people in a tunnel at night dancing. Yeah. So you might think, oh, okay. Someone who's seen that might think, oh, you know, maybe that was a bit edgy, edgy com comedy at the time, in in big averted commas, edgy comedy. Um, so there's another artist who is a friend of this artist called Alphonse Alias, who released several works inspired by this artwork using several colours and made a version called Black Men Fighting in a Cellar at Night. And that was in 1897. Now, he also did what are considered some of the first monochrome paintings of different colours ever made. And one was a completely white painting, and it was called Communion of Anemic Girls in the Snow. And that was in 1883. And another one called Apoplectic Cardinals Harvesting Tomatoes by the Shores of the Red Sea. And that was in 1884. Um, this title was originally in French. Now, looking at those, again, there's also something that raises concern that whereas the red characters, like the Cardinals, they're obviously they're angry, they're, they're red-faced, and they're harvesting tomatoes by the, uh, the shores of the Red Sea. It's all looking very red. It's not consistently red, though, but they're actually given real people. They're real people with real jobs. They're Cardinals. Do you know what I mean? They're not just made faceless. They're not just, again, given... They're not faceless, anemic girls. Yeah. They're not said communion of the anemic girls in the snow. Again, it's another one. It's the same. It's the same treatment to an extent of the, the girls that's given to the, the black people shown fighting the cellar at night. It's almost like there's a, there's a dehumanising in this humour. Yeah, but he's making a comment on uh, the other artists, isn't he, with these, or...? Which, Poss which came first? The artist in 1882 doing the fight in the tunnel. Right, yeah. So he only did one, that artist. And the artist, uh, Alphonse Alias, who's also a humorist and a sort of like a comic and a caricaturist as well as an artist, you know, and a writer. Um, he made this as a series. It's satire, isn't it? Yes. It's, it's artistic satire. Yeah, it's highly, highly dated, dated satire. Yeah. A precursor to modern art is rubbish. It's like art comedy. Yeah. What's that? Uh, it's art comedy. Yeah. Dubious art comedy. 
<laughs> well, you could say that about us, couldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could. <laughs> so this brings us up to the mother of all black squares. Interestingly enough, you using the term the zero point in terms of reference to the earlier painting by Robert Flood, The Great Dead. Well, I used the term ground zero, didn't I? Yeah, or ground zero. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dear. No. <laughs> but the zero point, yeah. Yeah, yeah, not ground zero. That makes zero. more sense. Yeah, let's make Ground zero has too many connotations. Yeah, yeah, sorry, you meant, gra I, you meant zero point, not ground zero, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, definitely. Le point zero. Again, this is by a uh, Russian artist called Kazimir Malevich. He painted in 1915 although it was dated 1913 but people think it's painted in 1915 I don't know why a black square it's first exhibited in 1915 you can imagine it caused quite an outrage when people walked into the gallery it's hung up in the corner of the room high up in the corner of the room now traditionally paintings of icons of religious Russian icons would be hung in this position so people firstly are walking up and there's this, this painting that's been having a statement made and saying this is a new icon it's a new it's almost like saying it's a new icon of art it's hanging in that position where only uh religious art had been hung before yeah but this was this was when dada was kicking off 1915 the first world yeah. war and he's russian is he this yes so yes yeah. create a time of real revolutionary fervor so it's almost like that radical painting has you know picked up some of that what made it also revolutionary was it was purely about itself now there was a lot of abstract work beforehand but what abstract work at the time was doing was it was taking something that was already there like something in nature and deliberately starting to turn it into shapes and forms so it was still referencing something whereas this was the first work of art that was purely about itself. So that's what makes it almost revolutionary. And it was an absence of everything, black and absence of color. And so it was almost like art had been building to this point. It was art that was only about art itself. Now it was actually described at the time, you know, as being the kind of like the zero point of art. That's how he saw it. Kazimir Malevich, he saw it as a zero point of art. Yeah. It's where art is almost like the, the absolute final thing in art and also the beginning and the end. And similarly, going back to what we said earlier, it's like the universe. You know, there is a theory that, that the Big Bang and the end of the universe almost are the same things. They're almost, and that, this is in my really, really simple knowledge of astrophysics. There is a theory that when the Big Bang started is actually at the same point that the universe ended. Yeah, that kind of in a weird way that seems to like add up. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, they call it the Big Bang, don't they? And you can imagine if the universe was ending and starting, it would yeah. be a Big Bang, wouldn't it? Yes. The other thing I like about it is, is that when you look at this, people go, oh, it's a black square. Now, admittedly, when you look at it now, it looks pretty damn knackered. It's got cracks all over it, so it's not quite the purely black void that it once was when you see it. Um, but people bring 
their own interpretations to it. So they look at it and they think, okay, you can you can think whatever, you can imagine whatever it is, you can use it to meditate on, you can bring your own views with it, and that is completely fine for this artwork. He's burnt the toast. <laughs> <laughs> Now, there is one other point I have to make here. Does it involve scandal, Tom, do you think? A little bit of scandal? Well, you have said scan the word scandal three times, so I'm <laughs> going to go with yes. <laughs> yeah, what a surprise for you. Apparently in 2015, they, they analysed it because they wanted to see what's behind the blackness. So they decided to x-ray this and they made a discovery. Firstly, that was painted over a very colourful painting. Um, I think he just grabbed another canvas and came up with the idea quite quickly and just thought, this is, this is my random theory. I think he thought about this. It was the only canvas he had to hand. He had a show coming and thought, I'm going to do this. This is a great, a great concept, great idea. Yeah, no one seemed to like that colourful painting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the the scandalous part was... They apparently found the writing, the words, Battle of Negroes in a Dark Cave written on it as well, in Russian. Oh, okay. So reference to the work that was, what, 30 years before yes. then or whenever? Yeah. Now, there's been a big sort of debate going on about whether you, know, you should see this as an incidental thing to its creation or whether you, sh you can't separate it. We don't know why he was referencing it. And we don't know if he thought it was some kind of joke in inverted commas that he put for himself. But I I personally don't think it is in the same way that we're not going to judge the painting because it's got lots of colours underneath it. We shouldn't judge that writing because I don't think that was in his thought. The part of the art is the fact that people can't read that I've written this writing. I don't think that would have been in his thoughts. I think that would have just been a joke for himself. Yeah, sure, but I, I'm, I bet people had referenced that work about it previous, previous to 2015 when it got x-rayed. People must have mentioned the, uh, uh, the previous black squares that had existed. Yes, yes, so it would have been in the history and that's why I, I did think whether I should reference it as well because i don't want to to bring that into this debate was i felt also quite complex but also i didn't want it to distract from what the actual work was fundamentally about but i also didn't felt that i couldn't leave it out if you know what i mean yeah no absolutely well it's an original work it's not like uh he's taken a whole string sample and put it all the way through the song no no it wasn't written multiple multiple times and you couldn't read it and also, he, you know, would have anticipated the arrival of, of x-rays. So it wouldn't have been intended to be seen by anyone. Sure, yeah. yeah. At the time. So I'm sure that debate will go on, and, you know, rightly so. Now, a short advertisement break. Oh, my God, Marcus, check this out! This is the zero point of all art. 
And all you need to do is subscribe to the Modern Artist Rubbish mailing list and you can download it for free. So just head over to modernartisrubbish.com and subscribe to our email list to get your free artwork and to be updated on the latest Modern Art is Rubbish news. So is, is that the last um, black square in art history or are there more, like more recent? Oh, funny you should ask that. <laughs> right. So we've got a couple more. The tradition has continued, as I said. Now, in 2008, an artist, Gillian Carnegie, she created a black square. She's taken the idea and the inspiration of Manzoni. Uh, no, Manzoni, not Manzoni. She's taken the inspiration of the, of the black square. And she's created uh, a work in 2008 called Black Square. But what it is actually made up is it's actually a painting of trees. Oh yeah, so yeah. Now I was looking at that. You sent me these images before we started. Yeah, I noticed that one looked like trees. It's like a forest at night, does isn't it? Yes, it is like a forest at night. And what's interesting is it is actually about something. Now, whereas Maovic's, um work was but wasn't about anything, this work clearly is. Even though it's about something, it, it, when you look at it, you have to think about the material that's made with. And do you remember when we talked about if people listen to the Manzoni podcast and he made a lot of abstract works that were purely about the material, it was about the paint and its properties? Sure. Yeah. Now, this, again, is quite interesting because when you're looking at a painting of something, you're genuinely not thinking about the paint so much. You're thinking more about the image and how the image is made. But here... You have to look at the fact that it's made in black paint and it's built up with paint. You have to really think about that. And also, you have to look at it in light when it's properly lit. Because if it isn't properly lit, it'll just look like a black square. As a, as a lot of these works do. Yes. So it's, it's quite an interesting take on that. So, so what's this piece called? Is it called Black Square, did it's you say? It's called Black Square, yeah. 2008 is dated, though. Yeah. Now, there is one more, and it's a work that was inspired by a black square, and it's actually called Underneath the Bitumen. This is by an artist, it's a performance piece, and it was done in 2018, and it was done by a performance artist called Mike Pies, an Australian. And basically, he liked the idea of the black square. He liked the idea that you, there's actually nothing there except a black square, and you bring all the ideas to it. What he liked about this work is it reminded him of bitumen, the black road surface material that's, you know, everyone's seen. So what he decided to do for, was for 72 hours as a performance, he decided to live in a box under the street. So literally, they cut a hole in the street and he lived under it. When people went to see the artwork, there was no artist, it was just the road there. Yes, yeah, so it's kind of like a, a David Blaine stunt or something. Yeah, he's got it has definitely got that David Blaine stunt. And he said it was about the null of the image. It's about the fact that you have to use all your imagination. As you do with a black square, you have to bring all these extra ideas to it. I hope cars weren't going over the top because when he came out, when he decided to finish the art, the performance, 
I would hate to think of him get, coming out of the road and him getting run over. Yeah. <laughs> I think they may have actually um, just uh, for safety reasons uh, cordoned it off. I'm not sure, but apparently he said he did like the fact that he did provoke kind of quite a violent kind of art criticism because there are people once that just turned up and started jumping up and down on the space where he was and shouting. Yeah. I mean, well, pe- pe- people do get quite violent when you start talking about subjects like, I don't know, potholes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, what, do you, what do you call them? We call them sleeping policemen. I don't know what they're called. Speed bumps. <laughs> sleeping policemen. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. That is, have you heard that before? No, I haven't heard sleeping policemen. Oh, no. Why does even the word sleeping policeman make my mind go, is that okay to say that? Why does it do that? The <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I'm going through, is that okay? Yeah, that's okay, that's fine. Yeah. Um, so the thing is, is that that was against, uh, it was about uh, 20th century totalitarian violence. And I think it's probably, for me, that's maybe saying about the fact of sweeping it all under the carpet. It's sweeping it under the road, under the bitumen, is it called? Under bitumen, yeah. That's bitumen. What it's called, yeah. So he was greatly influenced by the Black Square as well. And um, that, and I'm now doing the symbol for a square. That's not a symbol. I'm actually drawing a square in the end. And that. That's, that's the signal for a TV replay, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in charades, <laughs> if anyone plays charades, yeah, I'm doing that. And that nicely squares up our circle. No, that doesn't work, does it? Ending the show with squares up our circle, does it? Um, well, that brings our universe to an end. Yeah, oh, no. Only for a new <laughs> yeah. one to begin at this zero point of all podcasts for this week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Podcast point zero. So, um, um, you've got a single out at the moment. So, uh, we'll put a link so people can hear it in the show notes at the bottom. Um, what's it called, Tom? Oh, the single's called Star Splitter. Star Splitter, and that's available on all all good streaming services. Yes, and all digital. It's, digi- it's totally digital. Okay, and so for you listening, please, please uh, subscribe to our email list and join us on Facebook, Patreon, Instagram, all those ones. And I think it's just buys then, Tom. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.